Chani. I'm at Lottie's. And you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. And I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shyhards, Welcome to episode 165 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today, we are staying back in the vault, I guess. Uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> we covered the the Chicago Fire season three mid-season finale called Let Him Die. And this week, we're just going to pick up where we left off and we're going to cover the mid-season premiere, which is 311 called Let Him Die. No, wait, this wasn't called. This was called Let Him Die. 310 was called something else, but it was the one where Gabby and Casey fought like hell. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I don't remember what the title is, but uh, we always start off with the news. We do have a little bit today. Uh, we got a new unscripted episode, and I know the fandom has been dying for a Jesse and Tracy unscripted. We got half of it. We got half. <laughs> we got one person of it. Yeah. Tracy did hers this week with Jeremy Sisto, who plays Jubal Valentine on FBI, and I actually really liked that. It was good. It was really good. I loved seeing Tracy get all nerdy about her video games. Yeah. Really fun. I love that. I love that she's a video game nerd. That's fun. Me too. Like a real hardcore video game nerd. I love it. I liked when she uh, when she told Jeremy that like she wants to do a mo-pack, like a motion pick capture. Um, mm-hmm. Mo-cap is what it's called. Yeah. Like, yeah, really... mo-cap. That's cool. That's yeah, really cool. Really fun. I would love um, to see her do that. It was also really cool um, and fun to hear them talk about, because obviously Tracy was supposed to be an FBI longer than she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to like, hear them talk a little bit about that. and Yeah, it was really fun. She said she initially auditioned for Fire, which, I mean, whenever we hear who the actors auditioned for at first, I, I, like, they never tell you who. And I'm always just like, oh, spill the tea, man. I just want to imagine it. But I feel like everyone's, at this point, these shows have been on for so long. I feel like a lot of people that we wouldn't expect have auditioned for these shows. Yeah, absolutely. So it was fun. It, it was really good. I'm really enjoying this series. It's really, really I really enjoy it, too. Yeah, I really do. But also, like, that's got to be really hard to just be, like, jumping on Zoom with somebody you don't know and then them being like, have a conversation. Yeah. When they were even talking about it a little but too and yeah i can't imagine that I, I i can't yeah so that's all the news we've got i mean it's you know december there's not a ton of stuff going on okay. but real talk when are we getting okay it's the week before christmas mm-hmm. i'm sure nbc is not working christmas week or new year's week so are we not getting like episode descriptions or promo photos or anything I mean, I guess this we're recording this on Tuesday. They still technically could have come out by the time you guys are listening to this on Friday. But and I like I said, I imagine they're not working for the next two weeks, but I could be wrong on that. I you don't know what's going to happen is the minute we get off recording, we're going to look on Twitter and be like, oh, promo picks dropped. And that's what I'm saying. We're recording this on Tuesday. This drops on Friday. So we could get them before then. But, like, are we seriously not? I don't know. Like, we have no episode descriptions. I don't know anything about episode three. I, I don't either. And now that we're bringing this up, I'm checking just to make sure that we're not going to get <laughs> off. We're not going to get off recording and jump on Twitter to a surprise. OK, nothing yeah. yet. Nothing yet. So I don't know. I just find it interesting. No, same, same. So I mean, obviously, it's pandemic times. It's 
this is not a normal like they come back in january and you know they're that much ahead like i get it but i you know yeah i just want to know i just want to start dissecting things yeah i want to start playing the speculation game it's my favorite thing to do and checking yeah. all the pictures and being like, look how cute this looks. Look how amazing that is. Ah, yeah. 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 So, I don't know. But uh, that is about all the news we've got. You know, if you see anything, send it to us. You guys are really good about that. So, you know, you help us, a lot with, uh, help us out with that a lot. So, um, no patron shout outs this week. All good. Um, if you do want to support the pod for as little as $2 a month, you can head to the link in our bios on like all social media and check that out over on our Patreon website. And without further ado, I guess we'll just jump in, shall we? Let's do it. I loved this episode, but also I forgot a lot of details about it. So that when I was rewatching it, I was like, uh, damn, oh. I thought Mills and Sylvie were locked up or whatever, like kidnapped for a lot longer than they were. Like we were like 15 minutes in and then fire finds them. And I was like, oh. So what happens for the rest of the episode? Like, I just thought it took, like, the whole episode to find them. Yeah, and I, there were certain, certain aspects of the episode that I didn't like that, I mean, I guess I'll save it. But, yeah, it was interesting. The other thing, too, is that we got an absolute gift and that Jay is in, like, half the episode. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. It's so good. It was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. But, uh, and this was also the birth of Sharky. I have Sharky sitting here. You too. have Sharky. Yeah, I decided it, he needed to sit over here. Although, it says on the bottom, it says Mano the Shark. No, his name is Sharky. Yeah, I know. I'm always going to call him Sharky. But it says Mano the Shark. You guys have no idea what we're talking about. For Hanukkah, I got Bryna, I got her a Sharky. Her very own Sharky. Yeah, like literally, it's on my Twitter. It's literally like a replica of Sharky. It's Sharky, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm just going to order myself one because, like, I Why want not? to. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? It, it's only right, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, remember, we, we ended 310 with, you know, everybody was like, nobody's heard from Ambo. What the hell? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, Gabby and Matt had had, like, a huge fight to the point that Gabby was like, uh, I'm going to go home and cry. And... Then they basically rolled up to the alleyway where Ambo had last been heard from. And the Ambo was there and the patient was there. Brett and Mills were gone. So that's where we left off. So we pick up and Jay is the first face we see. (laughs) Oh, shucks. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so Jay shows up on the scene where the Ambo's found. And he and Casey are, like, playing detective. And Jay's just like, okay, you know, this has to be a setup. Like, where the hell are they? What happened? And we flash back to six hours earlier. So Mills and Brett are about to load their guy in the Ambo. This black town car pulls up. These two guys get out and pull guns on them. And they basically force them into the car. So, I mean, right from the get-go, Mills is like, dude, I know what this is. Take me, let Brett go, it's fine. Like, don't even worry. So they're in the car and they're, you know, Mills is just kind of like formulating. And I don't know where Mills learned how to do this, but he goes full action movie star. I know, I totally forgot about that, but I was like, whoa, okay, okay, Mills. Um, With his hands tied around his back, of course. And yeah, just crazy. Like, he does this all with his feet. He's just like, hey, Brett, brace yourself. And then it's just like with his feet, just like... 
Hiya! Yeah, like kung fu action movie. Like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so if that's not enough, I mean, because I'm already like, well, shit, where did Mills learn how to do that? I mean, does Severide know how to do that? Probably. Pro- yeah, probably. He probably teaches that course at the academy shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Vehicular kidnappings taught by Kelly Severide. I'd take that class. I would take it too. Legit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So if that's not enough, because, you know, Mills is just like kung fu movie action with his feet, like tying this guy up. Well, then the car veers off course, crashes through a gate, and literally the, the entire top half of this car gets shorn off. It wasn't until I was rewatching this episode that I was like, how did they survive? Yeah. Like, honestly, how did any of them survive? Yeah. I, I have serious questions. Like... Three of the four survived with without major injuries. Like, Brett and Mills come away from this whole ordeal with, like, a scratch and a bruise, and that's it. But, like, I don't even understand. Even if you dunk down, right, because the two in the back could duck down. Maybe the guy in the passenger side, or in the, passenger, the front passenger seat. But, like, the guy driving, like, you can't really dunk under the steering wheel that fast. Like, I just really don't understand how any of them survived. But was the guy driving, was that the older guy or was that the younger guy? I don't know, but either way, he shouldn't be alive. (laughs) I mean, yeah. He shouldn't just walk away with a gash on the neck from that kind of crash. No, like, things should be broken. That's what I, at least, (laughs) on a good note, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And somehow, somehow, like, they're all, all four of them are, like, inside a warehouse, like, hey, that was fun. I mean, I guess it's this thing called TV magic, but, like, that's some serious TV magic. I can suspend disbelief up to a point, right? Yeah. Like, I I mean, yeah, I think I'm just reading too much into it, but, like, it was really until I saw it, and then you see, like, the top basically come off, and I was like, how did they survive? I like that you're just like, well, we're probably reading too much into it. I mean, what are what else have we done for the past three years other than yeah, reading too I know. much into I'm things? Just I'm sitting here, we're talking about this freaking car crash for five minutes, but you know, whatever. It's, it's fine. well, it's not even that the roof of the car is like caved in or anything. No, it's like somebody like put this thing through a meat slicer. Like yes, exactly. It's like you took a and knife all and just their went. Heads should have gone with it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. All of their heads just should have gone with it. That's all I'm saying. It should have been like Mortal Kombat. oh man so Cruz and the other thing I forgot here is that this is like at the very very beginning of Cruz and Brett dating like very beginning it was awkward it was always awkward I think they were just better off as friends I forgot how awkward it was like uncomfortable awkward yeah they were just better off as friends yeah yeah so Cruz goes from like zero to a hundred, like right off the bat. And this is just not a good look for him. Okay. I love Joe. I will. Joe can, Joe gets away with a lot of stuff that we're just like, oh, Joe. But Joe in this episode was not a good look. No, it's kind of like he was early on, obviously with Gianna too. It's kind of the same stuff creeping back out. Like I, I appreciate that it's him being protective and he cares and he worries, but there is a way to channel all of that. That's yeah. Not that. There is. And in this episode, not only was it overprotective, but it bordered on him infantilizing Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a good look. But Cruz is totally adamant that he stay with PD and he stick with Jay. And like 
I mean, Jay must have the patience of a saint because this is, well, this is the first time we see Cruz be like, I must be by your side at all times. There's a crossover later on, the one with the uh, the firefighter from the other house who was involved in like the crime and all that stuff where Cruz is oh, like, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if like he's a trusty partner or what, but Jay has the patience of a saint. I don't know. But they're they're driving around. They spot the car in the junkyard and Joe is like, holy shit. And so Joe goes to run and Jay is like, hang on, wait a minute. So this is weird to me because Jake draws his gun, right? And for all intents and purposes, Joe's a civilian with him, right? Like, I had the same thought, too. I don't understand why Jay didn't go first. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why why are you letting Cruz go ahead of you if you're the one who's armed? I don't understand. I I don't understand. And then he let Joe check the car while he stood back. Yeah. I it, mean, it makes no sense. Yeah. No, because if somebody's in the car and reaches out to hurt Joe, well, the damage is already done. I mean, Jay shooting the guy isn't really going to do much. I thought the same thought, Gina. It just didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. Nope. Yeah. So Joe approaches the car and lucky for him, there's nobody inside. Okay. Because if there was somebody inside, this would have ended really badly. Well, lucky for him in one case, but also bad luck is because I think they would have rather them be. I mean, I guess they would have rather been alive, which they are, but still. Yeah. But Joe is, like, spiraling. He's just like, what the fuck? Like, where are they? And Jay is just like, okay, just calm down. It's going to be fine. And Joe's just like, no, like, they've been missing for hours. Like, they've got to be dead. And Jay's like, don't assume they're dead. Like, just chill. I don't know where they've been, but Mm -hmm. chill. So then we cut to Bretton Mills, and all we see is Sylvie's face. And Sylvie gets out, like, this giant razor blade, and, like, that's the cold open. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a really good cold open. Yeah, because you're just like, the fuck? Did we just go like full horror movie? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We come back to Bretton Mills. And they, so one of the one of the guys is fine. He's like the younger guy. There's an older guy who's been hurt. And so he's got something happening in his neck where like basically there's like some sort of thing swelling and like pressing on his trachea. It's like a blood clot or something. Um and they're basically they're trying to save this guy's life but they're also like dude he needs to go to a hospital because like here's the deal here's what's happening like he's gonna die he needs a doctor and we're not doctors yeah exactly exactly and so mills describes the procedure they need to do and he's like we need to cut this open and clamp it so that he has a shot at living and this is where brett and mills disagree because like Sylvie's like, no, we're not doing that. It's surgery. Like you're fucking insane. But the younger guy is like, no, do it. And so Mills makes a deal and he's like, okay, if we do this and he's fine, like you'll let us go. Right. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. So I don't know. At first I was like, well, Brett's kind of the weak link here. And then I was like, well, no, maybe that's not entirely fair. This is the first time she's like kidnapped slash held at gunpoint. The first time. (laughs) The first time. This poor girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, 51 does an overhaul of the car. Severide finds blood and he's like, okay, well, somebody's injured. I'm like, okay, we know that. Meanwhile, inside Mills and Brett start trying to clamp the bleed. So like they shouldn't have done the procedure to begin with. It's basically surgery, but like they're already too far behind. So Brett goes like, 
I don't think I don't think we've ever seen anybody else from one Chicago go this extreme since. But Brett basically like points to a spot of the artery that's bleeding and she's like, clamp it here, knowing that that part where if he clamps it there, he's going to die. And so like Mills just kind of looks at her and they have this moment of like really low conversation and in blood, Sylvie writes it out. She writes, let him die. And like the looks between them. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, I really appreciate, I don't, maybe appreciate is not the right word, but I really did like this moment a lot because I feel like sometimes in these like bottle type episodes where we see like one character kind of fighting against, you know, trying to save their lives and the lives of others and whatever that situation is, I feel like sometimes it's a little unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, I kind of liked having the two different viewpoints on the situation. Um, I just felt like it felt more realistic. Like, there's no way that at some point it would be easier for them to have killed the guy and, like, tried to escape then. Like, it just, it felt realistic. Yeah. It's something, something like, I don't know, a switch flipped or something with Sylvie in that moment. Because, like... You know, the Sylvie we see is just so, like, nice and peppy and upbeat and everything. And so for her to be like, let him die. Like, something, I don't know, something went off in Sylvie's brain at that moment. It was well, it was interesting. Because we're only 11 episodes in on Sylvie, too. So, like, this was, I think, I'd have to go back and kind of figure out how the rest of the early season three went. But I feel like this is probably the first moment where you actually kind of see something that's not the positive, like, upbeat, go-lucky, happy-go-lucky Sylvie. And so, like, it kind of gave her some depth and some, you know, I, like, it's a good moment for her, even though, it, you know, it's terrible, but it's good. Yeah, and I, for, I forget that we're only 11 episodes into Sylvie at this point, because, yeah, I mean. She looks like a baby. Kara looks like a baby in, this episode, <laughs> in these episodes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah and so, um, at that point, when she writes out, let him die, Mills hands her the clamp. Mills is like, if you're going to, you know, if you want him to die, you do it. It was all like a silent conversation and she couldn't do it. So Mills clamps it in the proper spot and like, he's going to be fine. So meanwhile, outside, Otis and Gabby are looking for some kind of clue. And Gabby notices these alcohol prep pads on the ground. And it turns out that like Brett kind of left them a trail. Which like. She's so smart. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, So she finds these like pads that are like leading up to a door and they figure out like, oh, hey, that's that's where we're at. Um, So the other guy goes back on their deal. So because Brett's like, hey, we did it. Like, let us go. Well, the guy takes Brett. Meanwhile, somewhere between there, Mills slipped her a razor blade that she shoved up her sleeve. And so the guy goes back on the deal, zip ties Brett and Brett's like cool as a cucumber. Like she had a moment where she was like, oh my God. And then she was like, no, 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 no. I got this. Mm-hmm. She cuts the zip ties like super handy, just with the razor blade, cuts the zip ties, grabs the gun and is like, dude, like we're getting the fuck out. First off, though, I mean, if she shoots that thing, does she have any idea what she's doing? No, no. Uh, I take that back. Did she grow up on a farm in Fallerton? I don't know. But I was just about to say the same thing. Like, I wonder if she grew up around people who hunted. She actually might know her way around a gun. And she probably grew up shooting skeet, too. Oh. I don't know. It just feels like Brett was the kind of girl growing up who shot skeet. 
And all of a sudden, we have new questions. Should we ever interview Kara? Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I have so many questions. Very interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, she may know her way around a gun. Well, yeah, leave it at that. Interesting. Never thought about that. That would be really funny. Just like, I don't know. She like shows up beside PD and she's like shooting a gun and they're just like, Sylvie? Yeah. So Jay hears Brett and Mills inside. He gets Squad to open the door. He's like, hey, Avenger Severide, please open this door. And they get that. And they find Mills and Brett safe in like this locked room in the warehouse. And so all's well, ends well. They're good. The minute Brett comes out of this door, Cruz just like beelines to her and just like hugs her. And the look on Otis's face. Yeah, because I think that's the first time Otis kind of realized like what was going on. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, so that's what's going on. OK, all right, cool. Um, yeah. And so that happens and they hug. And then when Mills comes out, Gabby hugs him and you see Casey just kind of watching Thinking it's, like, going to be a thing, but it's totally not. Because, like, once that's over, Casey hugs him himself. Which, like, full circle moment from Leader's Lead, right? Yeah, but also, like, the look that he does give Gabby, because obviously they still haven't really talked about anything. Like, there's a look there. It's so awkward between those two. Yeah, the end, we'll get there. Oh, it's so awkward. Oh, man. Yeah. So we get into the aftermath of this and, you know, Jay starts questioning Lulo. Brett and Mills look on from the window and, you know, they don't really get anywhere because Lulo's not admitting to anything. So whatever. So Mills is like, hey, Jay, let me talk to Vic. But Jay's like, yeah, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Nope. No. And so Jay just says, he's like, a guy like that will gladly do hard time before he rats on someone of Lulo's stature. Like, so, I don't know. Brett is quiet through all of this, by the way. And th- I think this is the scene that really irritates me. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, this is the scene that really irritates me because, like, she doesn't say anything, right? She's, like, just super mm, whatever. They get out of the, 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 uh, the station and Cruz is waiting for them. Cruz is, like, outside of the car, like, waiting. And Brett doesn't say anything. She just goes right into Cruz's car. Like, what is this? I don't know. It just, no. That wasn't the part that bugged me, though. That bugged you? It just bugged me because it was just, I mean, again, Cruz spends a lot of this episode almost infantilizing her. And so it just kind of went with this that I was like, wait, this isn't, Sylvie's not this like hushed, quiet, little tiny, like meek thing. No, what I was going to say, though, was the next scene, like the scene when they get in the car. That's kind of what bugged me the most. That bugged me, too. It was a package deal. Yeah. Package deal. Yeah. So when she's in the car, she pulls out this business card because, believe it or not, the helicopter crash was only like maybe three or four episodes before this. I know. Crazy. We still should do that one, too. We should do so that So we can one. talk about Britney. We've still never talked about Britney. We've never talked about Britney. Oh, We've my God. We've never done a Britney episode. Yeah. 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 It needs to happen. So Brett rescued this, like, kind of sketchy guy in the chopper crash. And he gave her this card and was like, if you ever get into trouble, like, whatever, here, use it. So Brett's like, okay, well, I might be able to fix this. Like, here we go. And Cruz, like, flips shit. Yeah. Yeah, he, like, flips shit. He's just like, no, you're not doing that. That's dangerous. Like, you're not going to meet him, blah, blah, blah. And Brett's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. It's just not. And, like, and that's the thing, too. And then he was like, no, but, like, you don't. And then she just, like, the fact that he didn't even think about how she was feeling in that moment. Because even she saw it, she's like, you know, those guys were going to kill us. Like, I had a gun to my head all the time, hours and hours just waiting to die. 
Lulu is not going to take that, like, going to get away from that. Like, the fact that Cruz didn't even really think about how she was feeling and mm-hmm. was just like, no, you're not doing that. It's just like, what? Yeah. And then, and then when he's like, you're not going to see this guy without me. Okay, controlling. Yeah. It's just like, what? No. That ain't it. Yeah, that is not it at no. all. Not a fan. Not a fan. Okay, Brenna, I keep coughing, so take over. Okay. So... Brett and Cruz do end up going to talk with this guy, Gus, at Molly's. And on an empty, like, in the middle of the day. So, you know, people aren't around. And he's just like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. And he, or at first he's like, you're chipping in your favor. And Brett's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. And basically by that night at Molly's, Brett has already found, Brett has found out that Gus figured it out. And tells Mills that Vic is willing to see him. So Vic... Mills goes to see Vic, but Vic still isn't going to budge and admit that he knows Lulu, Lulu hired them, et cetera, et cetera. So Mills tries to play, like, the conscience card and the guilt card or whatever, but, like, it doesn't seem to be working at the moment. So Mills just leaves. He's like, whatever. I did love how the guard was, like, or he, like, he called the guard in, and he was like, this guy's annoying me. I'm like, Mills, sweet, precious little baby Mills. I know, our little Netflix star, Charlie Barnett. Yeah, no way. Our sweet little star. Um... So they're back at the house and Connie gives Brett the Christmas present for Mills that the officer found when he was searching the Ambo. And she opens it and finds Sharky, the dashboard hula dancing shark. And Brett's like, well, why a hula dancing shark? And Mills is just like, I guess I thought it would make you smile. Mm. I know. Sweet little baby Peter Mills. Severad could get the damn door over the barbed wire fence, but he couldn't save the damn shark. I know. Hashtag save Sharky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mills finally asked Brett, though, because they'd kind of been avoiding each other after this whole thing, like why she won't look him in the eye. And she admits that it's because she's worried about what he might think of her for asking him to let their patient die. Sylvie. And he basically is just like, well, you didn't end up doing it in the end. Like, it's okay to let your moment, like your mind slip for a second, but like you didn't do it. Like you are still a good person. Um, so he's yeah, just so they, sweet like I love how she you know like Mills was like oh shit well she's pissed at me but no it was just because she was like oh I thought you were pissed at me yeah it's super cute mm-hmm. um, but yeah and it basically it ends because Mill gets a call from Jay after their last call that episode and apparently Vic talked and they arrested Lulo and all's well that ends well mm-hmm. um, but yeah that's that storyline um, we did have some listener thoughts about this. Um, Carly said Brett was so badass in this episode when she was going through the thing about her wanting to let the guy die, but still couldn't go through with it. Broke my heart because she thought something was wrong for her to think that. Um, also, I wanted to give her a hug. Also, hashtag save Sharky. Save Sharky. Yep. We really need to make a t-shirt of that. We do. We do. With this, the, the, sh- the shark. Um, hashtag save Sharky. Save Sharky. Yep. Um, Ren said, I love Mills and Brett on Ambo. They were both complete badasses in this episode, not to mention Cruz worrying about his girl, at least at the time, LOL. Um, I have a confession to make, which I think might be a confession, but also we've been doing this for three years. I may have already confessed this. I don't know. Um, there was a hot five minutes where I shipped Mills and Brett. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that would have been a good ship. Especially if it would have meant keeping peter mills on the show not that he should have only been on the show for a ship but like 
I don't see why they couldn't given him that storyline, especially because they said they kind of ran out of things for to write for him. Like, hello. I hate that reason. I hate it so much. Like, I know. Me too. That's not how life works. You don't just like run out of things to do and then just go poof. That's not. No. Yeah. Whatever. He's off in Wilmington running a bakery with his wife and kid and maybe one day he'll come back. One day. Just bring him back. It's all we want. I know. I just even for like I like to think that Brett still keeps in contact with him out of everybody. And like I just need her to make an offhand comment about Mills. Like that would satisfy me. I mean, I obviously want Charlie Barnett back for an episode, of course. But even if they just made like a reference to Mills, because they haven't made a reference to him now in like six seasons, <laughs> I think we should. You know, I just that's all I, that would satisfy me. I, they're definitely Facebook friends. I don't know if they text, but they're definitely Facebook friends. Right, and like Brett is definitely that person who sends either, if not a birthday card, always writes on your Facebook wall mm-hmm. um, for your birthday. Um, she probably sends birthday cards too, though. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think she probably, she probably posted about like the Ambo crash and was, it was probably like a picture and she was like, don't worry, I'm fine. You know, something like that. And that's where Mills was like, oh my God, like, I'm totally glad you're okay. But didn't say a word about Sharky. Yeah. (sighs) Disc. But yeah. So anyway, just a Mills reference. That's really all I, I, I would settle for that at this point. Yeah. Just, just. Yeah. We got a Shay. We got a whole B story about Shay. Like, we could have thrown in a Mills reference. Right. It's literally, I think, been like six seasons since they've even referenced Mills. I I mean, I don't think they've even referenced him since season three. I think you're right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, like, he sent pies from Wilmington, like, maybe an episode or two after he left, and literally that's been it. That was it. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. SMH. So next up, we've got Bowden. Uh, in 310, obviously, Donna gave birth to little baby Terrence. Um, but at the end of the episode, we learned that he was in some form of respiratory distress. Now, this sounds terrible, but the A story here was just so, like, important and urgent that I really did not care for this at all. Yeah, I think especially rewatching it because I already know how, like, Terrence is fine. Like, I was like, oh, Okay. Yeah, like, I knew going, I was like, they're not going to kill a baby. Like. Well, and most of the storyline, too, is Tarrant, or not Terrence, Bowden and Donna worrying and Herman and Cindy comforting them. It's not actually about Terrence. Yeah, that's literally it. You just summed it up perfectly. And we're moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Terrence still isn't absorbing oxygen. Herman checks in on Donna and Bowden. I do love how that how in the middle of all this Mills and Brett crap, the minute Casey is like, oh, like baby Terrence was born. This is what's going on. And he gives Herman the update. Herman, make sure to call and check in. And not as like, it's not like the the firefighter lieutenant relationship at that point. It's like Bowden yeah. being a dad and checking in on another dad. So their friendship being, is nice. Herman being a dad. I don't know who you I said, said, but yes. You said, yeah. Um, but I also, like, this storyline did really remind me how much I do love the Herman and Bowden friendship. And, like, I love that they're BFFs and then, like, Donna and Cindy being BFFs. Like, I do love this storyline. I did love Herman being like, okay, well, I'm going to send Cindy over. Like, Bowden's like, we're okay. And he's like, no, I'm going to send Cindy. And then Herman still ended up showing up with Cindy. I love it. I love it. 
Um, but the whole while, Casey was like, okay, well, we're not going to tell Bowden. He's got enough to worry about. Like, we're not, we're not going there. But Bowden knows that something's up. So Herman has to tell him. He's like, we don't know where Brett and Mills are. No big deal. We just don't know where our paramedics are. But we got it. Your paramedics are missing, but don't worry. It's cool. All good. Yeah. yeah. So everyone at 51 shows up for Bowden at the hospital, save Brett and Mills, of course, because they're, you know, busy. Um, and Casey and Dawson have an awkward moment of just like, you know, they Casey just kind of reassures Gabby, like nothing happened in the apartment. Like, that's the perfect time to be like, hey, let's talk about that major fight we had the other day while we're in the hospital waiting on news on our chief's baby. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. It's fine. Great. Good job. Good job. Um, so at that point, Herman's like, hey, Gabby, like, tell Bowden how you found Britton Mills. And I mean, we'll get into Gabby, but she's just like, she's a drama queen this episode. Yeah, we'll get, we'll save it. We'll get there. She's a drama queen. Yep. Uh, so Herman overhears Bowden talking to his dad, and it turns out Bowden hasn't, hasn't told his dad anything about the situation yet. Um, but he says he's like, you know, now he's going to book us a trip that we may never take. So, I mean, just... It, the the whole Terrence storyline is just it's literally both of them just worrying and you know conflict escalating and then at the end it all turns out fine I mean that's literally it right yeah basically like you said because it's like Terrence's lungs start improving and recovering and then they're like oh there may be possible brain damage because obviously his brain went too long without oxygen and then at the very end the doctor brings in Terrence he's okay and Bowden's dad shows up the end boom bam okay <laughs> But actually, though, and we can move on. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, baby Terrence is the cutest thing in the world. Every time he pops up now, I'm just like that kid. It felt after a while, like every scene was like kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I did like, obviously, I do like the Bowden being a dad. And I do like seeing the Bowden Herman friendship. But I was like, okay, come on now. Yeah, I, I hate that when you're watching a show or you're, like, following some sort of story and one story's stronger than the other so that when you get to the B story or something like that, you're just like, ugh. Well, and something that really, now that we're about to move into the, like, Matt and Gabby of it all, something that kind of annoyed me about the way this episode is structured is so, like, for the first 15, 20 minutes, it's, like, Mills and Brett and then, and, like, them trying to find Mills and Brett and, like, obviously a little bit of boat in here and there. And then it's, like, for the back half of the episode, it's, like, Mills and Brett, um, Bowden and Terrence, and then Matt and Gabby all of a sudden come out strong for that last 20 minutes. And then they throw in the call at the end that leads into the crossover. It was just, like, not a bunch of through storylines. It was, like, oh, here's half an episode, and here's a whole other half of the episode, and let's mash them together. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very linear episode. It was, like, this, then this, then this, then this. Yeah, it just felt like Matt and Gabby stuff popped up at the end of the episode for the last, like, 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, whoa, okay, there's a lot of Matt and Gabby happening for the last 10, 15 minutes of this. I mean, I realize this is um, <laughs> this is a Mills and Brett episode. Sorry, I keep coughing. Um, I mean, this episode primarily focuses on Mills and Brett, but, like, I am ready to lace into Gabby on this one. I'm like, I just, and I feel terrible saying that, but, like. Go for it. Just let's start. Let's go. Okay, so. Remember at the end of 310, they had a fight. Matt was like, I'm trying to be your lieutenant and your fiance. You can't respect either one. Harsh AF, but also true AF. And so Gabby's like, I'm leaving shift. I'm gonna go home and cry. Exactly what she does. So 
she's at home when Casey, Casey is the one who thinks like as they're at the scene and Jay is like moving around doing stuff. We're in like the first five minutes. Casey's like, has anybody looped in Dawson? He's still thinking about her being considerate. He calls Gabby and it's not, she doesn't say like, oh, I'm glad you called or, oh, I'm sorry. Or even just a nice like tender hello. It's just finally. Okay. All right, Gabby. Damn. So, and Matt just doesn't even, like, entertain it. Like, if I'm mad, I'm just like, what'd you say? Like, <laughs> excuse you? But Matt's just like, no, like, Brett and Mills are missing. This is what's going on. So the other interesting, like, funny thing, too, is that, like, when, when Matt calls her, she's just sitting on the couch. Like, not watching no TV. No TV on. Nothing. Yeah. Not napping. She's just fully dressed, like, sitting on the couch, kind of staring at the wall. So I think, you, again, that's kind of more of a TV magic scene, but yeah. So you left shift, you came home, sat on the couch and cried, and then you went and, like, pulled yourself together only to come sit on the couch some more? Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, Gabby's like, oh, what am I doing here? I feel like she makes this whole episode about herself, which she doesn't, but I feel like she does. Um, I don't think that. Yeah, I know it's not fair. Why do you think that, though? Because it always comes, there, there's always, they always find a way in the episode to bring it back to Gabby. See, I feel like that was the opposite in this episode, because I feel like the Matt and Gabby stuff, like I was just saying, like, popped up in the last, like, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, they had that moment in the very beginning of the episode or whatever, but, like, I feel like they, like, really dove in on Matt and Gabby in the last, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of sprinkled in the beginning, but I, I don't know. I think, I, I don't know why, maybe it's just because, like, season nine brain and knowing what we know, I'm seeing Gabby through a whole new lens. Right, I do too, but I also don't think she necessarily made it about herself in this episode, or, like, all, everything about herself in this episode. Yeah, I, I think you're right, I'm just, I don't know why I'm just, like, seeing it you're so You're just harshly. ready to be mad at Gabby. I am, I don't know why. I don't know. Because you know what? I don't understand. I, I think I'm not. I don't know if mad is the right word, but I definitely don't agree with Gabby just being like, bye. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, you know, when you meet somebody or you come across somebody who just irritates you and like their every action, you're just like, ugh, like you picked up that pen. That's so annoying. Like everything yeah. just irks you. I feel like that's the point I'm at with Gabby, and that's not really fair. No. But if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. I don't know what changed. She left. I think that's what changed. And then like two or three seasons later, it's finally hitting me. And I'm like, ah, she did him dirty. Yeah. But like, you know, how I've always said that Matt and Gabby have communication issues. Yes. Like literally, I've always said that. Yeah. This, this next scene is this. This whole thing. Case in point. This next yeah. scene. <laughs> Oh, man. And yeah, so that happens. And then not she doesn't like call Casey or anything. She just shows up on scene. How did a how did she know where they were? But B, she just like walks right in and is like, hey, I'm returning to shift. Like her returning to shift is like God's gift to like firefighting. I will say, though, she and Jay, not they had like a moment, but like they had like a little back and forth. And I was like, oh, man. Jane Gabby. That was definitely a moment. No, I clocked that too. I clocked that too. I that was, was like, like 
Yeah. That was like a very weighted hello of just like Jay. And he's like, hi, Gabby. That was like, yeah. Love it. It'll never get old. I don't care. It'll never get old. Again, those two were hot for what they were. They were a quick little hookup and they were hot. Yes. They were never supposed to be anything more, but I appreciated what it was. Yes. Yes. Very, very much so. Yeah. So she shows up on scene and she's just like, yeah, I'm back, whatever. And she like, she acts like, she acts like A, this is completely her fault and B, that like her presence is going to fix everything. Which it does, but that's beside the point. I, I don't agree with that, but yeah, I, know. I, don't feel, I don't feel like she has that attitude about it. I don't know what's gotten into me. I don't know either. <laughs> it's because I'm not usually the one that's all defending Gabby, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't agree. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just not a Gabby day for me. Up until she and Matt have the fight at their house, their apartment, whatever. Say that again? At least not until she and Matt have the fight at their apartment. Yeah. 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 Um, So yeah, Gabby finds Mills and Brett. Okay. Awesome. Great. Um, But then they have, they have a talk later about, you know, everything. And so, I mean, poor Casey, like I just, this scene is foreshadowing. Which, like, you don't know at the time, but it's foreshadowing. Because obviously, like, Gabby shows up and Matt looks over in the corner and there are her bags in front of the couch. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All, their communication is, like, all messed up. So bad. Poor Matt. Poor Matt. So Gabby's like, you know, or, yeah, Casey's like, you found Milton Brett. Like, it's fine. And she's like, yeah, but that doesn't change that the thing we swore would never happen happened. Like, our relationship got in the way of the job and the job got in the way of the relationship. That, uh, see, and what I want to say is, like, not nice to Gabby. I don't know. I don't know what's gotten into me tonight. Just say it. Just say it. Okay. She's acting like that's just Casey's fault. It's not. She's the one who went rogue. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I definitely, I can see why you think that this is like her trying to pinpoint it on Casey. And at times I do feel like that's part of it. And I think that's part of the issue too, right? Like she made the decision to leave. Mm -hmm. Like if she and Matt had decided, yeah, we should probably take some time apart together. Then like, okay, that's fine. But then like Gabby even literally says, like, I think we need some space to figure it out. Matt's like, what? Yeah. If they had just talked about it, they could have probably figured it out. Yep. And even then, too, further on to that, like, Matt gets up from, the, like, she walks out the door. Matt, like, gets up from the table, like, looks like he's about to stop her, and then ultimately doesn't say anything. No, he just punches the wall instead. We don't see that, but he punches the wall right. instead. But, like, both of them, like, this is not how they actually feel. Like, they don't want to be apart, but neither one of them wants to say that. And actually talk about the shit that went wrong. Which really proves what Gabby says right before she leaves, where she's like, we don't even talk about stuff anymore, and I feel like we can't. Matt probably feels the same way that Gabby does. Right. But then just talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is, they never communicate. That was my biggest problem with Dossies. I felt like they didn't actually communicate. Well, after this point, I felt like they communicated fine in season two. But, like, when they were all happy in, in lovey-dovey terms. But, like, this, I feel like, is kind of the big thing where, like, they don't communicate. At all. Mm-mm. And they just keep making, they just keep making decisions for one another 
And it's very frustrating. <laughs> very. Yes, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just, yeah. So basically, and, and Gabby has like no idea where she's going either. I thought, I figured she was going to be like, oh, I'm moving in with Antonio. But she apparently had no clue because then at Molly's, that's where Brett's like, oh, well, I just offered to let Gabby move in with me. Yeah, which I felt weird, was weird too, but. They barely know each other. Right. Well, no, not that part that she, Gabby decided to leave and didn't have a place to officially go. Yeah. 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 Mm. Bryna, take it home. So Gabby's venting to Herman behind the bar about Casey and Herman's like, I don't like to get in the middle of these things, but it sounds like you're trying to convince yourself that you made the right call. Because again, she made the call. Casey didn't even get to say in it. And she's like, I'm not deluding myself, Herman. This is obviously the right thing to do. Otherwise, wouldn't Casey have said something? Wouldn't he have stopped me from walking outside the door? No! (laughs) Here's the thing. Casey should have said something. He should have. I'm not blaming Gabby on that either. It takes two to tango, and Casey also should have stopped her from walking outside the door. I'm Mm -hmm. not blaming this all on her. But also, that's not the right logic either here. (laughs) Like, I don't understand wouldn't Casey have said, like, wouldn't he have stopped me from, this is obviously the right thing, like, Casey otherwise would have said something. No, you can't. <sighs> and if he had tried to stop you from walking out the door, you would have gotten even more pissed. Maybe, but I don't, I don't get it. I feel like she was honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like once she had the realization that the job was getting in the way of the relationship and the relationship was getting in the way of the job. I feel like she wanted Casey to fight for her. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, right? But like fight for their relationship more than the job. And I feel like by not fighting for her specifically Mm -hmm. and like by stopping her from walking out that door, like that was kind of the answer she needed. Yeah, I I think that's fair. And I mean, I think it's pretty reasonable for her to want him to fight more for the relationship than for the job. Right. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, I also think part of her might have panicked and that's why she ran. Right. I think all of this can be true. But then, again, if you don't talk about it, how can anything get resolved? Mm -hmm. Anyway. So... Severide is heading out and he sees Casey fixing the hole in the wall that he punched. Um, And Severide's like, you need to talk to her. And he says exactly that. He's like, you need to put up a fight, Casey. Like, you could have stopped her. And he's like, yeah, I could have. But our situation was too hard on her. And it could have been easy for her to make this decision. It wouldn't be fair for me to hold her back. And Severide's being the best friend that he is. He's like, and this is fair to you. You know how I always say, like, uh, when when Will has a smart moment, I'm like, that's the smartest thing Will has ever said. I think this, this is m- the sever- smartest thing Severide has ever said. Yeah, this might be the smartest thing that Severide has ever said. The second smartest being when he said, I'm going to be the man you deserve. Um, Maybe reverse that. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think the first I, I think the smartest thing he ever said was, so I'm going to be the man you deserve. Yes. And, like, finally got his head out of his ass. But, mm-hmm. yes, this is probably the second smartest thing he's ever said. I feel like Severide makes the most sense in this moment than he ever has in nine seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping – this is going to be so bad. I hope that he kind of has – like, he is the one that makes Casey realize whatever it is about Brett, too. Like, I feel like it's going to be Severide that's going to be like, yeah, 
you need to X, Y, and Z, whatever he's going to say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like it's going to be separated, like kind of in a moment like this. Yeah. Yeah. That would um, be great. But again, Severide is right. You could have fought for her and stopped her from walking out the door. But also, how is it fair for Casey, for Gabby to make a decision that also affects him and his life? I mean, it's all that that's the way Gabby operates. Right. But what I'm saying is like Severide just pointed out both sides. Like, again, it's Casey's fault for not stopping her and telling her how he actually felt about the situation. Mm-hmm. But it was also wrong of Gabby to make that decision for Casey, too. Yeah. Anyway, their whole storyline little thing ends because they're on their call at the end of the episode. And after they finish it, Gab- or Casey's like, hey, nice job. And Gabby's like, see, isn't it how, like, it's so much simpler now that we're lieutenant and candidate and that's it. And he's like, and she's like, yeah, we know where we stand with each other. And she's like, think so? Or he's like, think so? And she's like, don't you? And he's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like record scratch freeze frame <laughs> they did not think it was okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i it just yeah bad the- and they're just gonna be like weird and awkward and then the med factor pilot's gonna happen and they're gonna have sexy time and yeah and then they get back together in 401 and then the unspeakable episode that we don't talk about happens and and they're together until she leaves again for puerto rico Face palm. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So anyway. The ending of this whole episode leads us into the crossover with Gish of all people. I totally forgot that that was like season three. I remembered it was season three because I knew it was like right after Shay died. But I thought there was a couple more episodes in between this and that. Did we ever do that crossover? No, but we really need to. We do need to. We just need to camp out in season three for a while. Apparently. <laughs> Yeah. So 51 gets called to a fire at a storage building at the end. And Herman is kind of explaining to Gabby why storage units suck. Because, like, it's just like a horrible game of whack-a-mole where you just don't know where it's coming from, but you have to guess. And it's a mess. So they find the unit that has the fire. And, I mean, Severide things. He's just like, hey, this door is really hot. Let me take this giant saw and saw a giant triangle in it. It's Cruz, not Severide. Cruz. Sorry. Severide tells Cruz to cut the triangle in it. (laughs) Cruz is like, let me get this saw and cut a giant triangle in it. So when they pull back the piece of this like door, (laughs) whatever it is, that's when they're like, oh shit, a propane tank. So Cruz is the one who tells everybody to duck or is it Severide? No, Severide's standing like behind Cruz because he's yelling at Cruz for um, like getting too close or whatever. Okay, so at that point when there's like, oh shit, propane, that's when Severide switches out with Cruz. And like, again, Severide things. So he's like, everybody get out, like, get the fuck back, like, move it, whatever. And he stays behind and doesn't even flinch. And it's just like, let me just put out this propane fire. Like, la, 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 like, whistle while you work, like, totally fine. Um, So that ends, you know, that's fine, whatever. Well, they're overhauling later to find out what caused the fire. And... Severide's like spidey senses start to tingle and and he's just like this was arson like he just kind of senses danger yeah yeah I feel like the gish crossover is the first time we really see Severide like that into an arson and then it's just like 
Severide and Arson are just a match made in heaven ever since. That's a thing ship right there, Severide and Arson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his, like, spidey senses tingle. And they're looking around, and Dawson finally finds something, and she grabs this thing, and it's a newspaper clipping from the we- the warehouse fire at the end of season two. And it's all about Shay's death. And it leads us into the crossover. Dun, dun, ta-da! And that is the end. Yeah. And scene. Oh, that's such a good crossover, too. Such a good crossover. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It always makes me laugh about that one, how, like, in the PD portion, Casey is nowhere to be had. Because, again, they broke up. So Casey's just like, this bitch is on her own. Um, That always made me laugh a little bit. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what has gotten into me this week, y'all. I don't know why I'm, like, drinking the Gabby hate juice, but... It's temporary. It's got to yeah, be. You're just like ragey today. I don't know why. I don't know. Very ragey. I know. Last week it was Taylor Swift and this week it's Gabby. I don't I don't know. Yeah, you went all in on Taylor Swift last week. Her new album is good, though. I will give it that. I like it. I'm surprised you're actually admitting that on the pod. Well, I am admitting it on the pod because I don't want people to come for me and be like, Gina's such a cold hearted bitch. Like, I am. But <laughs> that's beside the point. Oh, yeah. You're not. I like this version of Taylor. I like this like imaginative, like playful version of Taylor. I don't like like the previous Taylor where she's just like, I'm going to write a song about you. I'm just sticking myself in a hole. I don't know. Yeah, I like this Taylor. I don't like her as much as I liked country Taylor, but I like her more than like full on pop Taylor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bad blood. <laughs> it is a bop. I love that song. That's a great song. The one with Brendan Urie, not a bop. Not even Brendan Urie could save that song. Oh, what? me? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I love Brendan Urie. He's incredible, but he could not even save that song. Yeah, that song gets a little annoying. Um, Shake It Off is okay. Wildest Dreams is so good. And I'm not just saying that because Scott Eastwood's in the video. <laughs> Also, I'm, I'm not Ken. also saying that because that song totally describes Jay perfectly. Beside the point. I love me some Scott Eastwood. Mm-hmm. 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 And that has been your Taylor Swift roundup of the week. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, as always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Tumblr. Um, but <laughs> meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Um, support us on Patreon for as little as $2 a month. We've got some awesome perks there. Our tea Public store is pretty great. We've got a lot of good merch there. They're having sales like through the whole month of December. So go check it out because there's a lot of good stuff on our tea Public store. Um, if you like the show, which we really hope you do, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Bryna K13. I think this was our last episode of 2020, wasn't it? It is our last episode of 2020. It's our last episode of 2020. So, um, but when we come back, we'll be back with the new episode covering like new episodes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When we return in January, like we're gonna hit the ground running. We've also got a huge surprise for you. That's all we're gonna say. And that's all we're gonna say. Just that's literally it. Um. Anyway. Anyway. So. 
In the meantime, you guys, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, Happy whatever you celebrate. Have happy a, New Year. Happy New Year. Have a safe and healthy and happy New Year. Gina, can you believe it? I'm sorry to interrupt, but You're like, fine. we're going to be 2021 when we come back. Like, I know. What? Finally, 2020 will be over. We're going to put this crazy ass year to bed. Seriously, Baruch Hashem. I mean, it can only go up from here, right? 2021 has got to be better. It's got to be better. Yeah. Just, but anyway. It's got to be better. So, yeah, you guys have a safe and healthy and happy holiday. Have a safe, happy, healthy new year. Please stay safe in the meantime, guys. You know, social distance, wear a mask, wash your hands. It's still very, very important. Um, and, yeah, I mean... We'll see you guys on the social medias, but otherwise we will see you next year. Bye.